Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Today, my friends, my guest believes that the way to obtain true optimal health is through aligning our mind, body, and movement. The fundamentals are simple, and he's here to help. His name is Aaron Alexander, and he's a pioneering manual therapist and movement coach. He's the founder and creator of The Align Method, author of The Align Method book, and host of The Align Podcast, which is ranked number one in nutrition on Apple Podcast. Aaron has worked with some of the world's greatest professional athletes, performers, celebrities, and everyone in between to relieve pain while creating greater strength, flexibility, and ease in their mind and body. After working with thousands of clients and spending years backpacking around the world, being immersed in various cultures, he has come to the conclusion that the healthiest people are not gym rats. Instead, they naturally integrate the foundational principles outlined in the Align Method. I believe he's got a book called that as well to strengthen their bodies, balance their their minds and activate their innate systems of healing in daily life. This conversation I had with Aaron was a little bit different than what I was intending for it to have. Doesn't mean that it wasn't good. I think it was really, really good. But we touch on certain things that, uh, yeah, just a very interesting and introspective and towards the idea of well, what is optimal health? Is it just more or less about a, a buzzword that we use? What does it truly mean to be aligned? Is that another buzzword that we throw around? And what does uh, really full-on health mean for society and for people? I mean, we've got so many diets out there, diet fads. Who do we listen to? We also touch on... The liver king and eating raw organs and I give my, I think, poor explanation of why I don't eat raw organs or I don't eat organ meat at all. It's just not my thing. But uh, yeah, we touch on that if that interests you and whether or not Aaron uh, is 
aligned with what the Liver King is doing uh, as well. But this was just a, an all-around interesting deep dive and, uh, yeah, I guess you could call it very different to what I'm normally used to. But uh, I hope that you guys get a lot out of it nonetheless as well. All right, my friends, you can get a copy of my brand new book, The Path of an Eagle, now on Audible and in the audio version. So if you can put up with my voice. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know why I do that now. But anyway, I hope that you guys really, really enjoy either listening to me share the story or you enjoy reading in whichever way. Links for both of those things will be in the show notes below too. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into this story box as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and definitely the stories of none other than Aaron Alexander. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. I oh, appreciate you you um, coming on the show, man. I'm, I'm very excited to unbox more of your, your wisdom and your advice and your story, obviously. My very first question for you, though, is what does success look like for you? What does it look like as far as a future potential or the present experience of like ideal success we'll go or with success present, in this moment? We'll go with present experience for you. I think success in the present experience for me would be... Um, I think just feeling at ease, feeling in a, a, a state of having access to being in a state of gratitude, um, being able to sleep, you know, being able to go to bed at a, at a, a normal-ish time and not have issues with sleep, not be paranoid or anxious or, you know, have anything, any type of resistance around that time frame. Um, being able to be free to, you know, pursue what you'd like, be able to go outside, be able to get your bare feet in the ground, be able to get adequate sun exposure or as much sun as you'd like, uh, breathing fresh air, having relationships that are meaningful, um, having people that, that really truly care about you, you really truly care about that you can invest in, um, and feeling a sensation of, of that being something to build into, um, having your health, you know, feeling like, 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 <clears throat> yeah, I think that that's like, there's a, a quote, I don't know, probably lots of versions of quotes, but at some point in your, your life, the most important thing is going to be your health yeah. you know, or another version of that is there's people that, um, don't have, how's it go? People that don't have their, if someone has their health, they have like many wishes. If someone doesn't have their health, they only have one. Yeah. You know, so I think that like that's like one of those things that there's so much to be grateful for in this life. It's very easy just to kind of forget about because it's you know typically the way that most people, myself included, operate and kind of focus on what the problem is, which makes evolutionary sense. Um, you know, so that, I guess that would be a starting point. Well, what's the the old saying? If you don't have your health, you got nothing. Essentially. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, health is health is the foundation. You know, it's 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 what allows you to be able to process any other aspect of your life. But if the if the health is at a stop, then there's, there's all resources go to health, which also is the number one leading reason for bankruptcy in the United States, at least, is 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 healthcare issues. Well, if you think about it as well, like if you 
are quote really really wealthy financially speaking but then you have a health scare or a health issue and that continues for a long period of time and you don't get it dealt with then and you keep putting it off then the first thing that really goes is not your finances it's your health then your finances crumble so sure. if you're not really looking after your actual physical health your spiritual health your mental health all those things i mean when we're talking about the whole idea of optimal health, what do we mean by optimal health? You can mean so many different things for so many different people. Like the, the, the idea of, of, of functional movement is like a very cute concept because it doesn't actually mean anything. Like functionality is just exclusively based around what's, what are you, what are your intentions? Yeah. You know, so first I think devising, what is it that you would like to do with your body? What is it like you to, to do with your, your life? Uh, and then probably functional movement or optimal health would probably put you closer into that orientation. Um, you know, so there's ways to objectively measure health markers, obviously, uh, but those don't necessarily get into like the quantitative as or the qualitative aspects rather. So we're very, you know, at least like Western culture is very quantitative. Yeah. You know, it's like Western, you know, Newtonian mechanics kind of vibe. Uh, but for a long time before that, you know, like before, I think probably before Rome probably be around that time, kind of like Greeks were very much more animist and, you know, more pagan and more worshiping of nature and worshiping of, you know, gods that relate to the weather. And it's, it's very like connected to nature. Uh, and it's, it's fairly recent that we got into a, a mindset that is, more exclusively based around what's happening to in our in our lives and our health um, at a quantitative level. So I think winding back and coming back into like just like how does a person feel? You know, you could be really super duper orthorexically healthy, but still like not want to wake up in the morning. Yeah. You know, and so so I think that, that there's a lot of subjective aspects of being healthy as well. It's not just a number. Uh, but the numbers are convenient and they typically do coincide with feeling good as well. Um, you know, so what was the, what was the question? What is optimal health? Exactly. I think optimal health is really, it's just, it's just like feeling, I think if you feel stoked, you're probably, you know, probably pretty healthy. And if you're not stoked, what the hell does it matter? <laughs> you know, like it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you on that front. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious about so you're you're known for the align method. Is there a difference between being aligned versus being balanced? Or they're two of the same coin? Are they cousins? Uh, being balanced? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I mean align is just a word. Um, you know, and I, so I started b before doing the podcast and the book. Uh, I opened a, a you call it a, a clinic for manual therapy. It's like physical therapy, manual therapy called Align Therapy. And you know, I think I, my background before that, a part of it was doing structural integration, which is all about alignment of the musculoskeletal system, particularly through the lens of fascia and connective tissue. And so that was my lens of finding alignment within people's joints mostly, you know, joint centration or you know, finding neutrality, finding balance uh, through the whole body. And then that just stemmed into eventually the aligned method. But 
you know, you can call it a lot of different things. I think like yoga, for example, the, the meaning of, of yoga essentially is, is alignment as well. It means it comes back to word, um, which means yoke or yuge. So union connection, uh, the word health also essentially is the same thing. It's from, I think it's an old English word is, is like help. Uh, so that, and that means whole, so wholeness, uh, the word religion comes back to, uh, or, uh, the, the, the root of it, I believe it, it pronounced religio, which again means connection. You know, so there's a lot of different, a lot of folks have been hitting at this aligned thing from a lot of different angles for a long time. Um, you know, I just come to it more from the, the physical lens, mainly because I think that physicality is just easier to talk about and show. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm like bold enough to be, you know, to venture into the nutritional realms or venture into the spiritual realms or, you know, these other aspects like physicality is easy. It's like, you know, let me show you a push up. And within that you can, you can build through creating alignment with the way that you, you squat or walk or throw or kick or punch or run. Uh, from there that builds into maybe confidence that builds into maybe sensitivity because you're clearing out some of the distortion in your body and distortion could be like maybe pain, sensation of anxiety, sensation of maybe depression or, you know, whatever could be piggybacking along with your, your physical musculoskeletal endocrine neurologic, like all the part, they're all, they're all piggybacking with each other. Like they're all continuous. So if you can start to create some alignment with this physical form, it clears the static. So the mind and the body, the emotions feel more at ease. And then that moves into probably decent relationships, probably a decent outlook in the world. Hmm. You know, so it's, I think it's, you know, it's, it's all connected, man. That's you know, what kind of what I'm saying. So have you seen patients that have been through some kind of trauma, whether it's mentally and their body has got some sort of physical ailment as a result of that? Interesting. It's definitely something I think about a lot. It's really hard to talk to. Uh, I mean, yes, like depression for for super common. You know, yeah. someone someone suffers from some some big injury. I mean, most people listening has probably have had some kind of experience like that before. You, the way that you express yourself, the way that you move energy, the way that you maybe maybe balance your hormones, balance your neurotransmitters, just using like different language. Uh, is probably through <clears throat> you go for a run, you ride a bike, you go to your dance class, you go to your boxing class. If you shut that down, <clears throat> then people don't feel good. Mm. And so the w- moving in our body, as everyone knows, uh, is it's not just exercise. You know, it's not just to get stuff done. It literally is the way that we balance ourselves at a neuro chemical, hormonal, you know, all of the levels, you moving your body and circulating yourself, like your lymphatic fluid, the way that your lymph drains and moves is through muscular contraction. So if the body is just still and pent up and sitting in a chair or a couch, you know, or an office seat or an airplane or, you know, all of that for too long without muscular contractions happening, the body becomes toxic. Yeah, It's not woo woo crazy or it's not it's not complex it's very it's very apparent but a lot of the what i 
experience in, in the modern world, which obviously, you know, I don't really know much about the past world because, you know, all, all I know is what I've been here, but um, the time I've been here. Uh, but I feel like there's just an immense amount of low hanging fruit, you could call it, uh, around health mental, physical, like all the aspects, we'll just say physical for this. Uh, but again, the, the mental, emotional is, is absolutely bound to the physical from my perspective. Um, there's just so much low hanging fruit out there and we're willing to reach for these advanced technological, expensive supplements and biohacks and all these different things. Uh, but I, I think there's, there's a lot that we could clean up in our, our daily lives. It's like, free pretty much or, or very low cost uh and like right under our nose but we're reaching out and waiting for these advanced the technological solutions for something that actually comes from you know typically just like as simple as being outside with more regularity you know and and probably moving your body while you're doing it would be a great start cleaning up the the water that you're drinking um you know paying attention to the sourcing of the food that you're eating would be a relevant thing as well. You know, is there some type of intoxicant in, in the foods or some type of pollutant in the, in the food that you're consuming that's actually disrupting your nervous system or disrupting your endocrine system? Are we pouring chemicals onto our body in the form of deodorants and colognes and perfumes and makeups uh, and shampoos and gels and whoa, like all the different things, <coughs> creams <coughs> that are literally endocrine disrupting chemicals that are, are stifling our body from just working normally, you know, and then have, do we have a resistance to like dirt, for example, which is like one of the healthiest things that a person could be exposed to. Not great to be around like human sludge. You know, not like we're not like New York City dirt, like but like Sydney, Australia, like in the country, you like get out there kind of dirt. Like that's one of the healthiest solutions to your microbiome of, you know, your inside and your outside and your skin and your overall health is to be open to that. Are, are we afraid of exposure to sunlight? You know, that's that's wild. Like the human body's been exposed to sun for ever if you believe in evolution or even creationism you know if you believe in creationism it's at least been exposed to a lot of sunlight without sunblock for at least several thousand years if you believe in evolution it's like many many millions of years so suddenly for the sun to be this like toxic um problem for us that's that that it's like the, the root of of skin issues is is wild uh, if you actually just put any pragmatism to it, it was just like, just like think about it for a moment. You know, and so obviously too much of anything is problematic. If you drink too much water, you throw up your sodium levels, you get hypernatremia and you die. If you get too much sun, you get sunburnt. You know, your body has a pretty nifty way of understanding when it's had too much of a thing. If you eat too much food, you're not hungry anymore. If you get too much sun, your body's like, it knows. It gets red. It gets hot. It gets tired. Oh, it's too much sun. Like, you know. So the idea that that something that increases nitric oxide levels, something that that uh, balances your hormones, boosts your testosterone and estrogen, and 
increases the side of your the size of your of your gonads actually is an interesting thing like you're literally your balls increase in size as a as a product of exposing yourself to more sun your libido goes up it's like you're growing your flower in a way you know like metaphorically and and, you know kind of literally in, in, in a way so you and then also people perceive others who are exposed to sun as being more attractive. Imagine that if they're a little tan, they're more attractive. And if you're exposed to more sun, you're a bit hornier. Wow. Why would you be hornier? Probably because your body's set up in a position. It's like, I feel pretty good. We should procreate. (laughs) So I think there's a lot of just baseline and that's not that's not even a a, a a hit on sunscreen like i think using zinc oxide if you're gonna go surf or something like that it's like use something that actually one zinc oxide i'm just talking at this point so you can at any time just tell me to shut up but zinc oxide something's interesting about is it blocks the full spectrum of the sun so it's more like you're wearing like a shirt over your skin which is great wear a sun hat you know if it's if you're getting too much sun you're going to be out so you're you're in ecuador and you're like an english you know, ginger uh-huh. person, you need to watch out. Like you're not adapted. You know, so there's there's so much nuance to all these conversations. In this case, it's around, you know, sunlight, but there's also nuance around nutrition, nuance around exercise, nuance around all the things. And we get these headline statements of like, sun is bad. You're like, okay, cool. That, you know, I guess that's the rule for every person. Um, obviously no one said ever said sun is bad, but you know, too much sun is bad. It's like, well, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. You know, and and how much listening do I do with my own body compared to what I'm told in headlines that are changing all the time? <laughs> like, like all, what we've what we've been, I mean, there was there was a time not too long ago in history that the idea that if I think if you were over, I don't remember the exact age, it was like 40s, maybe 50s. The idea that that your body starts to come to a point where it's like, oh, you don't want to work out too much because you're going to start to break your body down. That's not accurate. <laughs> like you want to get in the gym 50, 60, 80, not, like keep working out, keep pushing yourself, you know, keep nudging those hermetic stressors, stay out of like distress, but maintain the use stress as much as you can. All right, that's enough. I just, I don't, I don't think I responded to any question. I literally just ranted for probably way too long, but, but here, here we are. You brought up a lot of interesting points. I mean, for example, the fact that when you get more sun, your gonads grow, which I I did not not know. So that's another interesting fact. I'm sure my girlfriend's going to be happy about that fact. She's like, get more sun, Jay, because you're too white. (laughs) The suggestion, the suggestion, this is contention, but this is suggestion. There's been some kind of like shoddy research around this, but I think it makes sense. Um, is that sun particularly exposed to your testicles can facilitate the increase of testosterone levels. Uh, the, the research has been done with that isn't like great to be honest, but I think again, just intuitively for a fella, 95% of your testosterone is created in your balls. Um, so in your, the, the lighting cells specifically, the cells that, that are producing testosterone in there. And if you're getting sunlight you know or, or or you could get like an infrared light would be a great thing um infrared particularly penetrates through deeper through the skin than other frequencies of light and uh it would make sense to me that if it's that infrared light and really I mean all the rays but infrared 
and, and the reds, they just penetrate deeper. Um, but I'd imagine all of them are, you know, doing their own thing in their own different ways. Um, is going to be stimulating cells like mitochondrial cells is particularly one that's kind of like famous for. I would imagine those frequencies of light are probably going to stimulate the cells that are also producing hormones such as testosterone. And I would imagine just intuitively that direct exposure of these infrared lights and, you know, all the spectrums to those cells would probably do something but we wait for, and I don't care if anybody sends their testicles. I'm just saying like, there's, there's, there's these aspects of just like intuitively being a human, like what would, what would feel good, you know? And, and do I need to wait for a research article and a peer reviewed empirical study to come out? And then in five years we find out, oh, that study was bullshit. And then we'll say, well, this is the one. Well, historically, this is probably not the one. Yeah. And so much of the research that we, that we garner is, thrown away anyway you know so there's a bias in the research that's conducted so it's like listening to a news channel you're listening to fox or cnn or you know who are you listening to you know, so then you, you you wind that back it's like oh interesting could there be some politics to our health to our nutrition you know like the answer is yes yeah. you know to how corrupt or nefarious it is i don't, I don't know but yeah i mean it's it, i think a lot of it comes back to money and also a lot of it comes back to just proving your own bias you know, like that's, I think that's the big thing is we all want to be right for the most part. And the more a person can kind of step back and relinquish themselves of attachment to them being the winner and just being like, I'm, I'm really truly here as a scientist. Yeah. I really just am open, unbiased. I, I, I prove me wrong. Like, please prove me wrong. And, but I, I think that's something that would be really valuable for any person really is to just come back and acknowledge, okay, interesting. seems like the things I hear on the news and these studies that I hear about that are, you know, from God and they're, they're correct for three years and then they're proven incorrect. seems like that happens with enough consistency that at least it would make some level of sense to invest some aspect of my consciousness into like listening to what feels good in my body. I think um, I think you're right to some degree. Like I, I do see a lot of research papers being put out there, especially around the whole diet thing, and they're constantly changing. I mean, even in Australia, they'll they'll put out a, an article of some degree saying that alcohol is good for you. Then they turn around and say that alcohol is bad for you. So don't don't drink it. And then yeah. one what the only thing that is really really consistent for a lot of uh, scientists and health practitioners is that smoking is bad for you. So don't do it. Well, yeah. I think a lot of people can, can agree on that front. But then when it comes down to sun exposure, they're like, okay, well, the timing around how much sun you should get, what's that? The timings, people were saying, experts, so-called experts are saying 20 minutes a day, get that. Good for you. You know, it's just like, I think it all comes down to a, a personal decision whether or not they choose to believe, to live this way, believe this way. And if you're not harming anyone else with that, so be it. Like live the life that you want to live ultimately. As long as you are feeling like you have optimal, optimal health yourself and you're not harming anyone around you, then that's what I see as, as being, man. I would, I personally, I have 
some level of resistance around words like optimal as well, because optimal doesn't really exist. You know, so you have what feels ideal in the present moment to you now, like yes or no, is there something that you, is there some feeling sensation or quantitative stat or something that you would seek to improve upon? Um, But the idea of like optimizing, like optimizing to me, a word like that, it sounds very computerish. It sounds like something that you would, you know, you'd optimize your, your, your MacBook or something. And I think it, it, it works for some, it works for some people. I think it's fine. But I think that like a, a, a potential issue, I think it works if you feel like you are quote unquote optimized, but for the large majority of people that probably do not feel as though they are quote unquote optimized, it likely creates a distance or like a chasm between actually being in a place that would induce optimization, which would be probably acceptance of like, you know what? I'm pretty good. Like, I feel pretty fucking good. Yeah. Compared to almost like this self alienation in a way, you know, of like, oh, okay, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to get optimized. I'm going to get optimized compared to I am optimized. There is a, there's distance between that. And so if you're running the operating system that I am going to, I am going to be happy when I am going to be optimized when I get that new infrared light thing, I get the new cold plunge thing, I get the new whatever supplements, I will be optimized. So that I think that that's something maybe for some people, they might, you know, not find that that relevant. But I think that there is something there to adjusting one's you call it like I'm calling it using a computer analogy, but your operating system of perception. Yeah. Of are you able to and is there value in coming in and actually really truly looking at yourself now and be like, you're fucking great. This we're as optimized as we need to be right now. Like, I fucking love you. Now, okay, cool. Fuck yeah. All right. Let's get some supplements. Let's go for a run. Yeah. Like, let's build a relationship. Let's get some sun. But is, <laughs> let's get some fucking sun. Let's, you know, let's grow our gonads. But that would, again, it comes back a lot of this, our perception really, truly. And I'm in, involved in this as like a, you know, like a person that does social media. And I try to be sensitive to it. but. They're like the natural, free, basic, easy, right under your nose things typically don't have affiliate codes. And they're typically not going to be promoted on people's social medias as much because there's no financial incentive to do so. You know, so there's a lot of marketing to people from the health sphere that you will be optimized when you buy this shit. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love supplements. I love, I, I'm literally surrounded by gadgets, you know, in my place. Um, I have a cold plunge sitting right here. I have a paddleboard sitting here. I have like a little rebounder trampoline sitting beside here. I've got a, you know, infrared light right beside here. I've had a UV light shining at me for the last little bit that I just turned off. I think that I love leveraging technology. And 
I would be totally fine without any of this shit. And I think that's like a very important thing to, to, to digest. Yeah. I think there's, um, yeah, probably me using the word optimal or something like that in the context that I was using it. I, I probably might need to adjust it a little bit. Let's just say whatever it works for some people. Yeah. Quantified self works for a lot of people too. Yeah. I'm not like a huge fan of it because it's like, oh, I'm going to, so hold on, you're going to tell me I'm going to look in my cell phone to give myself a B plus, you know, a 82% sleep score. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm taking my attention away from, I know how I slept. You know how you slept. <laughs> Do you feel good? Yeah. <laughs> like a person, and there's actually has been research around this. If you tell a person they didn't sleep well, it will actually make them feel shittier. If you tell a person, even if they didn't sleep that good, if you tell a person like, oh no, like the, the stats say you slept great. You're like, hey, you're right. I mean, I feel pretty good. You know, <laughs> it's like giving you extra reassurance, right? From yeah, technology yeah. to say, hey, you yeah, so you're sleep just leaning well. in mother, mother tech, mother <laughs> tech, like, like bring tech in, but allow tech to sit at your table as yeah. to, as opposed to you sitting at tech's table. Yeah. I think going off the, this is how I feel in the present moment is a lot better than trying to future-proof yourself and saying, I want to get to this stage, but I think being focused on the here and now is a lot better, in my opinion. Like, How do I feel in this present moment and what can I do in this present moment to better improve myself? Yeah. And, and not listen to all the rubbish out there because I know there is a lot of rubbish. When you just have to have... Down. You just have to have your ability to adjust your aperture yeah so if you're always active okay yeah, there's no if you're always future-based then um what do they say if you're always in the future you're like anxious if you're always in the past you're depressed or something like that yeah whatever you know it's if you're always in the future that's that's totally fine but always is a problem if you're always just in the present it would probably be really great for you to like get a journal out and do some visioning of like what you think would feel nice of where do you want to go, you know, or be able to think of like, okay, like what would, you know, obvious stuff, like how do I, I'm going to plan this weekend, you know, what would this week, what would make this weekend amazing? So having the, the balance to be able to do that. But if you were just always in that place of thinking, I think the big problem is I will be happy when yeah. I will be optimized when I will, I'm like, ah, I'm always, my mind just lives out here of ah, this future version of myself that I'll finally love. So like, I think that, that's, that that's more thing, right? Yeah, I think that's more the problem. It, it, I think ideating around what would be cool in the future is great, um, but if if you're running the the OS that I will be fill in the blank felt state when, I think typically that's bullshit. Yeah, because you're you're trying to achieve something, and if you miss the mark you're just creating more problems and more havoc for yourself. You're creating more anxiety Correct. for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and kind of like and this. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be generally disappointed. Typically most, most stuff like there are probably some things maybe like having a baby or something might feel rewarding. Um, but you're still going to feel the same. Yeah. Like you, you, you like the, 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 you'll see your digital number click over to whatever. And suddenly you're a, whatever it was that you were hoping to be 
And then you do not feel any different. Like there's a moment of like, oh, cool. Like, should we do a, should we do something? You know, but like your actual felt state there, there's not a big shift based off of what's happening in the periphery. Um, and I think that that's a, even something that's really valuable for people that actually go through challenging things, which I don't think I've really gone through anything that challenging in my life. Maybe like childhood, there's been things that are, you know, a little tough, but generally my life is, I think I've been you know pretty soft, I would say, you know, so I more like read books about people like Viktor Frankl who went through, you know, various different, um, Nazi, you know, encampments and, um, re had to rewrite his whole book on toilet paper after the Nazi folks ended up like burning his first rendition of it. His thing is called logos, logos therapy. Man's search for meaning is the, is like, I don't know if it's only his only book. It's only his most famous book, you know, but somebody like that where it's like, Oh, like you really understand stress and trauma and like having like a rough go. A lot of times those people through necessity end up either, you know, dying, destroying themselves or being destroyed or coming up with almost like this, like unshakable, um, mind in a way, you know, whereas a lot of, a lot of folks, I might, you know, I don't think I super, I might fall into this category actually, but some people fall in this category more than I do you know, small, tiny, little bullshit things will completely throw them into like a tailspin. Yeah. And like nothing actually happened. Like you were just so fragile. <laughs> like nothing happened. You know, like you got a, a $50 ticket or something, you know, and you're, you're raging, you know, breaking a window, you know, or whatever the thing is, you're, you're, you get the wrong coffee order and you're like a terrible person to your barista. Like that individual um, you know, I don't think that's a happy life. So they had, they, they got a good deal, but within that, it wasn't, there wasn't a, like a training regimen to actually build their emotional muscles, build their, you know, their, their perspectival muscles. And that's like, that's, that's not a good disposition to be in. Yeah. You know, so it's very interesting the way that the, that our, our perception gets shifted and, and how it's, uh, it almost like necessitates a certain level of hard things mm -hmm. in order to live a good life. I think it's kind of, it's kind of interesting thing how that works. No, I, um, I wrote this book, my first book based on trying to help people that were going through those difficult times to say, mm. look, you've got two options. You can either go this way, which is not going to serve you well, or you can go this way, which is a much better path towards healing, towards growth and ultimate fulfillment. That's all your choice to make. Viktor Frankl, I think he wrote several books. I've got two of them. I've yeah, got I'm, sure he wrote, I'm sure he wrote a bunch. He's got Yes to Life, which is mm. a, another great book. I think a lot of people should actually read. Right. And it's sort of giving this, this idea of being able, to, whatever comes your way, accepting it, embracing it as being good for you doesn't matter if it's bad because yeah. it's ultimately going to be there for your growth if you choose to see it that way. And that's the mm -hmm. point of saying yes to this challenge and lean into it more because the more you lean into it, the more you learn. Sure, it might be painful, but that's life. It's the beauty yeah. of life is when you do go through pain and you got a lot of health struggles. Like in, in my book, I 
there's so many things that I've been through, man, that have taught me a lot of great life lessons. I'm not there. I never will be. I'm still learning, which is a great thing. But I can show people this is what I've been able to learn now through going through a bunch of health issues and then now being in the more present moment and focusing on, okay, if I want to go for a run, I'll go for a run. But if the plan changes tomorrow with how I feel, that's okay too. I'll adjust, mm. I'll adapt, and then I'll move forward as best I can with that new knowledge. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all it's like very Buddhist. You know, it's like the, like the attachment is the root of all suffering. And well, so within I'm, that, I'm, yeah, and that's that's like that's again, it's like that's. I just recently recorded a podcast all about Buddhism with a, a fellow that he's like a Buddhist teacher. So he taught me about the the four. How do they call it? What's the the four the four truths? I think is what it was called. The first one is that suffering exists. The second one, if I if I remember correctly, is that uh, there is a reason for suffering, and that that reason is uh, at- attachment, essentially. Uh, and then anyway, eventually gets to like the the eightfold. Is it, I believe it's called the eightfold path to ending suffering. I think is I think that's the the terminology for it. And essentially, it just goes through a bunch of. You know, well, the interesting thing part about that is just like suffering is is an inextricable aspect of of the human experience, yeah. and there is a reason. It's not just it's not just this everywhere. It's like oh, I just suffer. And, no, no, no. There's a reason that it's here. Yeah, and it's because of a perception of I need things to be this way or I won't be happy. Yeah. Okay, very vulnerable place to occupy your 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 you know your your humanhood from. And so within there, it's like, okay, well, interesting. So there is a reason. There's like science to this. You know, so now how do we start to maybe start to loosen those binds up a little bit? And I don't think any person just suddenly becomes impervious to like any life happening and they can just because I think that would be, you know, that would be going to the other direction where it's like, oh, well, now you're maybe just disassociated yeah so now you're kind of a psycho in another direction so it's like you're gonna do like a little more association like be with the fact that this sucks and be able to emote be able to cry be able to like oh you just oh let whatever needs to come through move through be able to observe that from a non-judgmental lens mm. and say ah oh, i'm I'm screaming. I'm, I feel rage. Like beautiful. I love your rage. You know, like I love my rage. You're like, Oh, I feel sad now. It's like, Oh, I love, I love that for you. You know, like no, like none of the colors are bad. And then typically on the other side of that, like the reduce, the reduction of the judgment and you know, the, the probably the reduction of the attachment, you know, to the attachment could be like, Oh, I need to be in this state or I'm not. Okay. I need to be really happy. I need to be really confident. You know, any of that, that's, that's more attachment stuff. It's like very sticky territory, Yeah. you know? And so then the, on the other side of that, the, I think the set point of the human is, uh, equipoise, balance, ease, align, you know, like, I think that's like the, the root bout, like ground floor state, a baby comes out unless there was some type of situations, which, certainly could be 
generally the baby's like pretty aligned. <laughs> you know, they're pretty balanced. They haven't been tampered with that much if they had a good birth. But if they hadn't, you know, had a quote unquote good birth and they, they've kind of been tampered with, you know, if the, the, the mother was not using drugs or, you know, there was a, some issue that's kind of like, whoa, okay, there's a little contraction here. Yeah. And so I think that the, the root, if you pull back the layers of the hurt and the pain and the, and the trauma and the fear and the, the guilt, but the, the big issue I think is, is that the guilt, the shame, the avoidance, everything else just is everything else is just a, a bunch of stuff. It's, it's the guilt, the shame, the avoidance and other adjectives around that, those lines that cause it to, you, you pack it in, you hold it. Now we have a breeding ground for some kind of problem. Who, who, who knows how it's going to manifest. Yeah. But I think that the, the, the human, if it's feels safe enough to allow whatever the life circumstance is to just move through the human and we dance and we move and we play drums and we go for a run and we play soccer or football or, you know, and we get sunlight and we circulate and we drink, you know, good water and we drink decently sourced food and we talk it out and, you know, we have sex and we, like, we, we move and shake our bodies and we reduce the, the layers of judgment. I think for the most part on the other side of that is going to be some sensation of, of ease. But if not, then you get, you you get, you get wrapped up. Easier said than done for a lot of people, but. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm talking, this is, I'm talking like idealistically right now. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm, this isn't coming from any, you know, high hill, you know, follow follow my, follow my path. No, I'm, I, like, I don't, I'm like, I don't I'm like, this sounds pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're coming from that either. I think I, yeah. I, I released a video not long ago and, and one people, once someone commented saying easier said than done. And I'm like, I completely understand that. I was once where you're at saying the same thing, but through life experience and going through a lot of challenges and sometimes I'm, I'm human. So I'll say, why is this happening to me of all the times it's happening to me? So I'll put the attachment onto myself and yeah. it's this constant journey, man, of learning uh, how to get back up after you've been knocked down by some of the things that life throws at you and understanding that we choose to suffer for how, however long we want to. That's really the real re- reality of it. As much as I've experienced it, sure we will suffer, but we have that choice available to us to remove the suffering when we want to remove it. I, I'm saying feel your way through it. Definitely don't bottle it up. Don't keep it inside you. Release it like you, everything that you were just talking about. But don't stay there. You know, don't stay suffering. Don't stay, don't stay longer than you need to. That's mm. all I'm saying. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I agree with that. And definitely get more sun. Males, now you know, grows your gonads. Just going back to that. <laughs> On that same, I'm going to the same thing for the same for female ovaries as well. Just like the the sex organs get a bit just all enlarged. Huh. It's kind of like I mean, it's kind of like the like the. I mean, you do certain things, it it changes the shape and size of your body parts. If you meditate, it's going to increase the gray matter 
around the hippocampus or hippocampi. It's going to decrease that of the amygdala. And there's a lot more going to the brain than just like hippocampus good, amygdala bad. Not that at all. But you do a thing, you know, and, and your structural physiology augments based off of this new information. Yeah. So the idea that you're getting sun and it's increasing your sex hormones, the fact that that would also probably correlate with some structural shift is like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's not like it's like, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. It's like, no, it's like this is very logical. If you work out at a gym and you put more stress on a muscle, it will probably get a little bigger. It's not like this, like, crazy idea. It's very, it's like, this is very, I think the body is very simple. Like, it's immensely complex, but also very like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, if, it, if it's not like, oh, yeah, I see that. It's probably not real. Like most, most things it's like, oh yeah, yeah. you know, it's like sun exposure. Like I, I couldn't see evolutionarily speaking, like understanding like any aspect of the history of the human, like it would probably make sense. That'd be, you know, decent. You know, we've been, we've exposed our feet to the ground for, a, you know, a long time. Uh, interesting. There's, you know, research suggesting that reduces inflammation in the body, you know, and there, there's, you know, this, this bioelectric human is, is, is a thing. It's relevant. We're essentially like a, you know, we're like walking batteries, like batteries with batteries inside of batteries inside of batteries. You know, and the way you charge those batteries up is through, you know, friction and movement and sunlight and, you know, grounding. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. That's checks out. Like that's not, that's not like this crazy complex idea. Yeah, but we're, I think we're willing to like buy a lot of really wild, abstract, complex stories of what's happening in the body. Meanwhile, some of the things that just seem like elementary and almost like dumb, it's like not that interesting to, to, you know, some, some, some folks probably. Humans just are very good at complicating things that are usually simple. And, right. You know, what's your, what's your take on the liver king? He's fine. I think he does more good than bad. I think he's, you know, he's uh, he's a great marketer. He's brilliant that way. Um, he, I think, if you actually listen to him, he's he's like pretty on it. I think he, he actually is is quite correct. It makes with sense. Those things that he, that he that he suggests. Um, the idea that of like a person being carnivore is fine. But I think there's, you know, humans almost certainly, from my perspective, have just the way we're adapted to treat the stress of exercise, which from an immediate lens could seem a little destructive and inflammatory. Um, we end up, it, it's, you know, it's a hermet, we have a hermetic response to that and it ends up making us stronger. Um, I think that's probably seems like that would line up with maybe certain herbs that we might take for medicinal purposes or, you know, like Hippocrates, you know, treat food as, as your medicine type, type perspective. Um, you know, so there's probably a lot of medicinal qualities and a, a lot of really beautiful fruits and vegetables and all of that in, in the world. Um, and I think a lot of the issues that from my perspective, I would kind of align a little bit with like kind of like a Gundry, Dr. Gundry perspective a bit of, of looking like, yes, there's such a thing as, as lectins and phytates and all things. This isn't something I know a ton about. I kind of like stay out of the nutritional 
um, conversations for the most part, but there are these things that are, you know, the, the plants develop compounds because they're, they're stuck in the ground. So they're not going to run away from you or like fight you away. So maybe they'll create some type of chemical compounds as defense, um, chemicals. Uh, so then within that, it's like, okay, well, if you were to just, just eat a potato, raw out of the ground it'd be like this sucks like there's nothing nice about this it's not palatable it's like tough on my digestive tract probably you know so you prepare it yeah you know so i think pressure cooking i think fermenting you know there's a lot like if you're if you're missing out on fermented foods because you buy the dogma that all you can do is eat animal based because in the last six months paul salatino or maybe the last two years paul saladino blew up and now liver, liver king blew up in like the last year and now suddenly your whole nutritional sphere has just completely been flipped upside down like there's probably more nuance to it than that yeah um but behind the nutritional part i think that um everything he says for the most part i'm like yeah that's pretty good i think it makes it checks out from my, my perspective it's very simple he's not s- saying anything really that crazy the only thing he's saying that's like gets a little like crazier is about the only product that he sells yeah so there's there's money there all the other stuff he doesn't talk about that much and it's all legit the where it gets really amplified almost to like a mutated level is like oh if you eat liver, it will be the solution to every aspect, your relationships, your business, your gonads, like every, just, you just need to eat those animals, just eat the fucking animals. It's like, well, hold on. There's more to it than that. There's more nuance to it than that. Yeah. And this is where they're, you know, the, the, the money is coming from. So there will be a bias towards that. And if you were to consume his content, through the lens of that bias where it's 98% you need to eat as much animals as possible and you'll be fine. And here's the animals supplements to buy. Cause I know you're not going to eat organs or, or here's the protein powder with organs in them. And if you actually live your life, 98%, okay, I eat organs, I eat animals. I'm good. 2% the other tenants from the liver King, you will have a very imbalanced experience. But the reality of the way that the liver king actually lives his life based off of what I've gathered, I think seems great. It's just the, the, the bias is towards where the money is coming from. And that's where it gets kind of like weird and confusing, I, I would think. He's also really entertaining. Like, Yeah, he's great. He's an entertainer. Yeah. He's a salesperson. He's, he's great. He's really, really good at it. And I don't care too much about the whole eating liver thing or eating some of the things that he does eat. Like he'll eat... Uh, Bull's testicles because apparently that helps our testicles get bigger too and improves our sex drive. And I'm just like, does nah, nah, it doesn't work for me. Nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat someone else's balls for the sake of protecting my own. I know, like, yeah, nah, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. I much rather have a Brazil nut that has selenium in it that helps my hormones. Rather than eating a bull testicle, which I know probably doesn't have the hormones that work for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just that's yeah, not me. I don't have enough. I don't have enough meaningful um, information in like an embodied like oh I know this way yeah. around that stuff to have 
actually have a meaningful opinion to share about it. I could see there being there's there's a disputes back and forth. There's a term for it. The idea that if you eat liver, it's gonna be good for your liver. If you eat balls, it's gonna be good for your balls. If you eat brains, it's gonna be good for your brain. I in again, like intuitively, I get that there's probably some sense to that. You know, if you're eating liver and that the, like the the raw components of what is in a liver, you're gonna be eating those those vitamins or minerals or you know whatever like i could say that but but i i don't i doubt i think it's probably somewhere in the middle i think like most things i think it's probably like it's not just if you eat a ball it's just going to suddenly go through digestive tract and just like blow your balls up and likely there might be some nutrients in there that would facilitate you know, your sex hormones or something of the sort would be my, my intuitive guess, but I really, I don't know enough about it to have a meaningful opinion. Me either. I'm just sort of spitballing there. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, the way my mind works, I'm trying to get my head around it, but I'm still trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the science behind it? Is it really accurate? I've heard both sides of the argument a little bit, but once again, I'm just like, whatever, if you, if you want to eat liver, if you want to eat, balls testicles and it works for you by all means fine whatever um, are you like vegetarian or something do you have resistance it sounds like you have some resistance around organs no no no. i'm not vegetarian at all like i just prefer to not eat animal organs like, I'll, I'll oh have, really oh yeah. why I, oh that's weird why i, I mean weird my, weird weird's actually a fine word but like what why why i don't know I'm, I think why would you why would you be open to eating muscle bellies of an animal, but you'd be averse to eating like a a heart or an organ or the plate, the the parts that are actually prized in nature? I think and I'm not challenging you saying you're wrong. I'm I'm really just genuinely curious, like your logic around that. I think my logic around it has always been I just don't maybe taste as well eating that part of the animal. I Mm. mean, I'll eat pork belly. That makes sense. I'll eat majority part of the the pork, uh, yeah. same with the cow. I'll eat the vast majority portions of the cow. Same with the yeah. lamb, but I just won't eat the organs because for me, the organs either the taste or just trying to get my head head around the fact that I'm eating another animal's organs. Interesting. Doesn't really bode well for my mind at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at, I would typically with, with, questions that have gone through the complexity of bias and sales and you know all the all the distortions that happen as a product of by the time a conversation makes it to like a social media post or a podcast i would come back to what are animals doing that eat meat and for i mean there's two things one if you see an animal hunt another animal they're going to gore the organs and then the other parts would kind of be like the secondary aspect of it uh for from my understanding for a very long time in history you know the organs would be like the prize part and the other aspects of the animal would be like okay that's for the dogs it's like there's been something around the organs for a long time um and then another aspect of that is if a, a human eats nose to tail they can not just survive but for you know if you're like a michaela peterson or you know somebody of the sort um actually do like very well whereas if you're just eating the muscle bellies you're not going to get the full nutrient profile to actually be able to, again, not just survive, but for some people actually do well. I don't know if everyone would do well in an all animal diet. 
my guess is most people, this is way outside of my scope. My guess is most people, and this is, I'd be like, you know, I'd be, well, yeah, I'll just say my guess. Most people that are, that are following the, like the, the sad diet, like the standard American diet or probably a standard Australian diet as well. Acronym still, still stands. Uh, if they did just switch to eating a all animal diet, um, just for the fact that they would be cleaning their diet up of so much irritating, you know, preservatives and sugars and all the problems. My guess is most people would probably get like, whoa, like this new surge of energy and feel really healthy. And then that would probably start to wear off. And then it would be like, okay, now, like now what? But most people, when they start a new diet, they feel really good. You know, like you start becoming a vegan. You're like, wow, I feel so much light, like lighter and amazing. And then suddenly you have this deep urge to have choline from an egg. And it's just like, oh. and then you finally eat an egg, you know, two years later and you have like this full body orgasm, which is literally a story that I've heard from, um, I think two people, one person for sure. He like literally, literally, uh, it was a girl, you know, girl's orgasm, I think a little easier, but literally had an orgasm as a product of, at least that's how they describe it. They might've been embellishing, but one anecdotal story of a friend of mine, vegetarian for a long time. And, but just could like feel it, like feel like there was like a deep cellular starvation happening somewhere. And suddenly they had a little egg yolk and it just, it lights their cells up. Um, anyways, those are two separate tangents, but the, um, yeah, I, I think that if you look at nature, it it would make it just objectively just look like what does nature do? And then, of course, there's arguments of like, well, what's the constitution of, you know, human intestines compared to a wolf compared to like any animal that's predatorial? So there's like a lot of nuance in that conversation as well. So coming back to, OK, there's a lot of bullshit. There's a lot of things that are stated as facts, a lot of science that's stated as facts. That changes in six months, two years, five years, 10 years. Okay, come back to intuition, what seems right. Okay, do your own version of exclusion diets, probably. Cut out meat for a while, see how you feel. Cut out uh, whatever, sugar, caffeine, anything, heroin, whatever you're doing. Cut it out, see how you feel. Do you feel better on heroin? Heroin might be fine for you. Do you feel better on vegetarian? It might be fine for you. As opposed to having one blanket statement of like, this is it. I, random person on the internet, know what's better for you. I've never met you. I don't know anything. About, I don't know what you even means. So you, it would probably behoove you to come back and say, okay, this nutritional stuff is very shifty. I think the one thing that seems fairly consistent is what feels good in my body. You know, and and so and so then it's like okay, I'm my body, and then I would also say like, okay, what's most consistent with nature? Okay, well, if you're in my body, what seems most consistent with nature? Okay, now we can overlay that, like the new, like the new stuff. You know, the the, the things that have been innovated in the last 500 years. You know, or more specifically, the last like 100 years, and more specifically, the last like 30 years. I don't go. I've been guilty of this in the past, but more these days I have what I call the freedom diet, the, the ability for me to actually choose what I want to eat, obviously focus more in trying to be as healthy as I can. So I'll have meat, I'll have vegetables, I'll have fruit from time to time, I'll have things that I actually want to have. And it works primarily for me. These people that go to the extreme, like vegan, carnivore, the whole thing, I'm just like, okay, fine. 
you can you can do all that. You can eat whatever you want. I'm not going to, because a lot of people have arguments over it. Like this is a lot better for you. Is this a lot better for you? And I'm just like, okay, fair enough. Like I'm not going to get involved in that kind of argument. I'll ask questions around it. I'll get uh, a lot of different answers usually. But for me, I know what works for my gut, my health. I feel great yeah. as a result of being on it. And I, I'm happy because a of it. A, 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 a better usage of language just in general would just be, this is a lot better for me. Yeah. There's way less like accusatory. It's way less like, ah, like you don't know. I know yeah. you. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, you might not have intestines. Like, I like who am I talking to? So what can be true is to the best of my knowledge, and I know that I don't even know everything about myself because if I knew myself 25 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years ago, I'd be like, oh, you didn't know anything about, you know, what you thought at that time. Yeah. So like, okay, also... I don't really, truly, even absolutely, objectively know me, but to the best of my knowledge, this works best for me now. It's like, oh, that feels honest. <laughs> well, and I'm I'm glad that it works for me because I've I've if people know my story, they know that I've got a myriad of health problems, and especially that resulted in some poor diet choices, and you name it, like. I've been there, done that, don't want to do it again. So <laughs> I'm quite yeah. happy doing what I'm doing now because it works for me and I feel 10 yeah, times good. better. And I think it's it's definitely okay to question other diets, scientists, doctors, you name it, nutritionists, and ask them, okay, well, why? Tell me why. Mm. It's yeah. okay. It works. <laughs> it's all right yeah. to do that. But just don't, yeah, I don't go around accusing or judging other people for the way they live their life. I mean, I'm the last person that should do that at all. Um, anyway. I mean, probably, I mean, probably we're probably all the last person that should do that really. But Yeah. We can get down a long tangent on that, but I I know that time has sort of run long because I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation. A lot of things we could touch on, man, but my final question for you, uh, this is my all time favorite question. I love asking all my guests at the very end. It is a hypothetical one. So I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. They've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Hmm. The film's for me to see, or it's for me to like leave behind. You can leave it behind as well. You're you're gonna see it, and you're obviously gonna leave it behind. So it's like my like my what I what I what I share with my hundred years. Mm. 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 Probably be something like. It'd be, it'd be like a joke, like fuck hard or something. I think that'd be a good one. A line um, and fuck hard. <laughs> yeah, I think if I, something like that. Um, I think, I mean, I kind of think I like that one. I think I'd probably go fuck hard. I think. Be... 
you know, life's short, fuck hard. I think maybe, you know, or I'd do something that's like, you know, a little more tender and be like, love courageously or something like that, or love boldly. Love boldly, fuck hard, line your shit. <laughs> I, it works. I think, I think that'd be my shit. Yeah, it works. Well, Aaron, man, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, having this conversation with you is a lot more topics that we could touch on. But yeah, I'm grateful for this conversation. But thank you for joining me on the Storybox podcast today. Yeah, man, good good times. If people, I, I mentioned before, we're doing a. Uh, I guess I, I don't have the link for it right now. We're we're, we're doing the. So we're launching a program. Everything that we talked about today doesn't have really any association to anything that I do, which is completely fine. It's it's great. I like having just like wild conversations. Uh, but what I actually do is really teach people how to how to tend to their 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 bodies. Yeah, you know, so that's like joint mobility and you know functional quote unquote functional movement, defining what that means for each individual person. So we're launching a six week program, and uh, it'll be early December. And people are interested in that. Essentially, what, what that's going to be is it's the first two thirds of it takes a person that's like a traditional workout, kind of like bodybuilding, you know, muscle and fitness style, globo gym type person and achieves or reachieves full functional range of motion of every joint in the body first. And then from there transitions into moving more like a human, I say. So like being able to run, throw, kick. Uh, and things of the sort, punch. And then it gets into week five is nervous system regulation, particularly using breath and vision. And then the week six is how to orient your environment so that your existence, your day-to-day life just makes you, you know, more flexible, stronger, healthier, leads you towards longevity and things of the sort. Since I don't have a link for that right now, uh, that will be at alignpodcast.com. And then, yeah, host Align Podcast. Social media, all the things are aligned podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, all the things people want to go deeper into actual like educational shit. I don't think there was this is this is more just talking about things that I'm not really exactly sure I know a ton about, uh, but I enjoyed it. And there's a bunch of educational shit if you just type aligned podcasts into the internet. Well, this one was different, man, but when I get the link, I'll make sure it's a link below. Yeah, yeah, link below. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is great, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Cool. I appreciate you, man. Have a good day. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 